tuning in to our Neighborhood Church podcast. Join us on Sunday at any of our locations. To learn more about our church, visit neighborhoodchurch.com or download our church app. Ah, so glad that you are here today, whether it's here in person or here online. Uh, my name is Mike. One of the pastors here, and I'm not sure what it is about this time of year, but as the weather gets warmer, more and more emphasis uh, through advertising and social media and even the news talk about health and wellness and how to live victoriously. So come on, you got to share them. What are some of your favorite health tips? Walk every day. Walk every day. Great. Sleep. Sleep. Most definitely. I wish I could learn that one. Someone else over here. Hug somebody. Absolutely. Or get a puppy. Yeah. Somebody over here said a cup of coffee every day. There you go. Lots of cinnamon. There you go. Lots of cinnamon. Any other ones? What's that? I'm sorry. What's that? Oh, just breathe. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Well, I have a few of my own uh, right here on my table. One Lorena already mentioned, and Lorena, she's probably already over there. There is scientific evidence. There's There's a couple of studies done on this, that if you drink about 16 ounces of very cold water every morning, it improves your digestive system, it helps your skin, it helps you think better, and all that kind of stuff. I, I learned about that. I was, I don't know where I got it, some Japanese uh, uh, thing came on, and I was reading that, and I read the studies. I went, I'm going to try that. So every morning, I get up, I have a cold glass, 16 ounces, down that, and it's great. And really, I haven't been as sick as much. Other ones is that, uh, uh, one is green tea. How many of you are green tea drinkers? Yeah, that's good for you. And you can get decaffeinated. And that helps you out there. Uh, remember when garlic pills were in? I've never tried this, but it was a fad about the in the eighties, and I, and I still found them in a store. It's kind of interesting. Um, the newest the newest one I, I've seen is anybody you, you drink kombucha? Yeah, a few of you do. Yeah, now, now it's okay if some of you are worried. This is an empty, cleaned out kombucha uh, bottle because it says right on here, keep refrigerated or else it will explode. So when I go to the store to get this, I got to rush home, put it in the refrigerator because I'm, I'm a little nervous. Will it really explode? Anyways, kombucha is a probiotic uh, supposed to help your digestive and, and absorb food and all that kind of stuff. And of course, of course, dark chocolate. Yes. I think that's the best health tip ever. Now, it's in moderation. I know. That's disappointing. Uh, there's one other one I have here. This is a journal. Um, to write in, it's, I, I wanted to choose one that's a non-eatable um, one. I guess you could eat your journal, but that probably wouldn't be healthy. But it, uh, journaling has been proven to uh, really help uh, us gather our thoughts, to, to breathe, uh, to be able to write down. And there's something about, typing is fine, but there's something about taking your hand and taking a pen or a pencil or a crayon or whatever you use and be able to write out your thoughts to take time to write that out. It does something amazing. There's several studies done on that uh, that are amazing. And, and another one um, is, uh, I, I don't have it on my board here, but up on the screen, there's a, our Scandinavian friends in the winter <clears throat> go down and take a dip in the freezing water every morning. They say it brings on happiness. 
Yeah, I, I don't know about that. But uh, uh, the other one is, is, is one that you received when you came in. How many of you got your peppermint candy? Oh, now peppermint. Mm, that has some great uh, uh, help. It helps with improved digestion, keeps you alert, curbs your appetite. And yes, it helps with your breath. So you, and I didn't, we didn't give these out because we knew that somebody needed this in that way. It was just for the illustration, but if it helps, hey, you know, we all like that. Uh, all that in the small mint. Um, what's interesting in all of this is that we tend to enjoy and appreciate finding good life tips, health hacks uh, that uh, help us live well, thrive, and even be victorious in life. But the best place, and Lorena already mentioned that this morning, uh, hinted at that, the best place to learn to truly thrive in life, to live well, to be victorious, uh, is found in the Bible and in the teachings of Jesus. Jesus himself said that he came that we might have in John 10, 10, that we might have life and have it abundantly. That word abundant means to the maximum, to really thrive. And Jesus taught us how all through his, his teachings and, and all through the Bible teach us how is to seek him and to, to follow him. Matthew 6, 33, seek first the kingdom of God. That's Jesus on the throne of our life. And all these things that we worry about will fall into place. Not only that, we're to love God and love neighbors as Matthew 22 verses 36 to, uh, to, to 40 say that all of the scripture is really uh, encapsulated in loving God and loving others. And to also know God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, one God, uh, three persons as, as, as second Peter 1, 3, that we've mentioned quite a few times over this series that says the key to life is living and living God's way is to know him. Everything we need for life and godliness is found in our knowledge of God. And we've been learning more about God through his teachings in this Bible teaching uh, through the Bible book of Psalms. The last, we're looking at the last section of the Bible book of Psalms. It, it's uh, broken up into five different books. The last section is Psalm 107 to Psalm 150. And it reveals that God is amazing. He's huge. He's powerful. And as we learn of him and we set our hearts in other words, making a choice to believe, to be steadfast on how vast and grand and all-powerful and almighty and magnificent God is, we are empowered, we're encouraged, we're strengthened, we're sustained, and we're saved. David, uh, um, who I believe put together Psalm 108 uh, from a few other Psalms that he had written, gives us four choices to a steadfast heart set on God. The heart set on God thrives victoriously. And so let's explore this amazing psalm together. It's going to be a wonderful time together. But before we do, if you wouldn't mind setting aside your Bible and stuff and stand up and let's pray and ask God to challenge us this morning. Father God, uh, these health tips are fun and exciting. And, and yet the greatest one is to, to really set our heart on you. And Lord, I pray this morning as we look at how David explains how to do that in this wonderful psalm that you would teach us encourage us, challenge us, allow us to have our heart more set on you and be with us this moment. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. You can have a seat and encourage you to take out of your, uh, 
uh, take out your, out your worship folder, fold it over. There's a place to, to write down some notes on there. The answers will be on the screen. If you're online with us this morning, uh, you can, there's a QR card that may pop up that goes to all the different resources we have for Sunday. Or you, you might have the outline on that, but you can also just grab a piece of paper and write this thing, write the notes down. There's also a, a study guide that we have available. And that I know that's online uh, in our resource section of our website and uh, under that QR code is our study guide. And in there are all the, answers to the fill in the blanks and the extra verses that we mentioned here and uh, uh, some good study questions. Many of our life groups go through that. And even if life groups are not meeting and yours is not meeting, taking a pause for the summer, you can still use these as personal study. I encourage you to do that because our hope is that you would take this time in God's word and, and revisit Psalm 108 and use this as a launch pad to kind of explore some of the questions you might have or thoughts you might have to help you. Uh, there on our website, there's a, uh, a section called Revive. There's a number of resources there you can click on. Plus there's also a pod, link to our podcast, which we do every week and it goes deeper and sometimes some sidebars in that. But Psalm 108 is a, is a compilation of two other Psalms David wrote. Psalm 57 verses seven to 11. It's a Psalm where David was hunted by King Saul, not the Saul of the New Testament, Saul of the Old Testament, and, and, and appeals to the rescuing love of God and God's great faithfulness. Uh, also, Psalm 108 contains an excerpt from Psalm 60, verses 5 to 12, a psalm dealing with the constant pressure of living out God's will. For Israel, it was the constant encroachment of uh, and power struggle of the lands around them. For us, it's the constant volleying of what our heart will be set on. Our heart is the, the center of our being. It's our control seat, the CPU, the central processing unit of our life, it's the core of our being. And the truth is we choose what we set our hearts on. It's a choice that we have a human choice we can put our set what we set our hearts on. And that's why we're challenged in Proverbs 4, uh, 23, where it says, keep your heart with all vigilance for from it flows the springs of life. <clears throat> Those words keep, it is actually the word guard, guard our heart with all vigilance. Uh, Jesus said in Matthew 6, 21, uh, what we choose to treasure is where our heart is. And, and Psalm 108 gives us four choices to a steadfast heart on God. Steadfast meaning that heart that is, is, is fixed on, that, that, that heart that is uh, determined to, that <clears throat> the decision has already been made. It's a steadfast heart on God for the heart set on God, thrives victoriously. <clears throat> well, the first of these four choices is a choice to trust in God's love and faithfulness. Hopefully you have your, your Psalm opened up to Bible book, opened up to Psalms, and let's read the first four verses here. Psalm 108, Psalm of David. My heart is steadfast, O God. I will sing and make melody with all my being. Awake, O harp and lyre, and awake, I, I will awake the dawn. I will give thanks to you, <clears throat> O Lord, among the peoples, <clears throat> I will sing praises to you among the nations for your steadfast love is great above the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the clouds. You can see the determination that David expresses when he said my steadfast heart. And then he has a bunch of I wills. You know, I will sing. I will awake. I will give thanks. I will sing praise. He's determined. Now we've talked much <clears throat> over these past few weeks of the loyal unconditional, ever-flowing, always-present, uh, relentless, affirming, uh, life-giving love of God. Remember the Hebrew word for that? Yeah, it's the word chesed. 
It, it, we see it in how, uh, how God rescued Israel time and time again, even when they strayed. Because it's an unconditional love, God loves you regardless of what we do. And we see it in God's provision of salvation for us through Jesus. When we embrace faith in his incredible love, trusting in God's love and faithfulness, we are given purpose and meaning and an abundant life and belonging. I love Second <clears throat> Peter 2, 9 and 10. I never grow tired of reading it because it talks of the belonging we have in God. But you are a chosen race when we come to that place of faith and belief in Jesus. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people of his, God's own possession. That you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. God is including us. He's not excluding us and say, oh, if you get good enough, you can be part of my family. No, he says, no, come on in. It's just the belief. Come to believe and you'll be part of my family. Now, I don't know how that speaks to you. It speaks to me hugely because I uh, long ago, I don't even know what my heritage is. McKay is a made up name. Uh, we're not sure what it is. And, and uh, I, so I have no people. I have no language. I mean, I try to speak English, but you know, sometimes as you know, uh, and, and, and I, I don't have a song. I don't know where I come from. And I desperately want a people. But the truth is when I stepped into faith with God, I have a people. It's all you people who know Jesus. We're, we're family. We're, we're together. We're part of the citizens of heaven. And we have belonging. It's trusting in God's love. That place of trust and belief and faith. When we do that, we have belonging, we have help, we have rescue, we have fulfillment and security and so much more because of God's great love. God's chesed is amazing and so is his faithfulness. The Hebrew word translated faithfulness here in the scriptures means steadfastness, firmness, fidelity. It means God is always true to who he is. God is always true to who he is. And God's word is truth. His word is faithful. Psalm 119, we've been reading through that. Uh, now verse 89 to 90 says, Forever, O Lord, your word is firmly fixed in heaven. Your faithfulness endures to all generations. You have established the earth and it stands fast. You can count on God's word as truth. That's why we're taking this whole series and reading just a section of Psalm 119 every Sunday. It's a really long psalm, but it, 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 it speaks of God's word and how incredible and amazing and trustworthy and faithful it is because it re reflects who God is. And God does not, he's always the same and he's true to who he is. And, and, and God's faithfulness is, is the fact that God's character does not change. Malachi, or if you, you know, he's the Italian prophet, Malachi, if you want to call it that. But uh, Malachi 3, 6 says, for I the Lord do not change. Therefore, you, O children of Jacob, are not consumed. When we come part of God's family, we become part of his family, and therefore we are called children of, of, of Jacob. Uh, we can count on God being consistent. Just because we change doesn't mean he changes. No matter what happens in the world, God remains consistent. And not only that, his faithfulness is, is seen as God's commitment to us. It, there is no conditions on it. His, his, uh, all who God is, is unconditional. 
He doesn't change. I love 2 Timothy 2, verse 13. It says, if we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. Well, let that soak in. If we are faithless, he remains faithful. See, so no matter what we do, no matter how far down that road of sin we go, no matter what struggles we face, no matter how much we get mixed up in our mind and we deny God or take away, he remains faithful. His relationship to us is not conditional on what we do. Aren't you glad? God remains faithful and is faithful. The question is, will we trust him? Trust is built as we know God more through studying his word. And the Psalms reveals a lot about God. It's also reviewing his work in our lives. That's why journaling is a good thing. It reminds us of what God has done. And I'm sure if we were to ask you, what has God done in your life? You would be able to remember one or two things that God has done in your life. We need to take time to remember those things because it brings it back to our, our memory and reminds us we, we need to know God more, review his work in our lives and also learn to follow his voice. God does speak. Now I may not speak audible. I've never heard God speak audible to me, but as I read God's word, I'm going, whoa, that's for me. That thought that he puts in our mind. Now, because our human brain is, is a little off, the person next to you probably a little more than you off, but, but, a little off, we need to make sure we check that and hold that. The scripture says to hold every thought captive to the word of God. We need to test it because God's word is truth and faithful. But, we, but he does speak to us. We need to listen. And not only that, how we trust God is through serving his purposes to get out there and begin to start being active. You see, it's knowing God more, reviewing his work in our life, listening to his voice and following that and serving his purpose. That is what a steadfast heart looks like. Steadfast heart delves into God's word. A steadfast heart thinks about God and remembers and, and, and interacts with God in that way and listens to him and, and serves him. It's a steadfast heart. It's a heart that is fixed, devoted, set. The direction has been made and now we're moving forward. That center of our being, our heart, that seat of direction and thought and decision and reason. To have a heart set on God is to see him as our leader, as our Lord, as our boss and our coach. The one we give allegiance to, the one we let influence our life. And David is saying here and encouraging here to trust in the loving and faithful God, giving him thanks and bringing him praise. In this, God, is, God, God strengthens us and sustains us and saves us. See, the heart set on God thrives victoriously. The next choice in growing our steadfast heart towards God is to step into deliverance and to God's deliverance and salvation. Look at verse uh, five and six. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens, that your glory be over all the earth, that your beloved ones may be delivered. Give salvation by your right hand and answer me. Psalm 108 verses five and six those two verses are identical to ones in verse 60, uh, Psalm 57 and Psalm 60 and Psalm, Psalm 105, 108 verse five is exactly Psalm 57 verse 11 and Psalm 108 verse six is Psalm 60 verse five. And, and interesting that both of these Psalms, 57 and 60, 
come from times of great struggle and threat. David being hunted by Saul, Psalm 57, and the lands around Israel constantly threatened, Psalm 60. It's, it, it was a dangerous world in David's time. It still is. And we need a set to set to rely on God's deliverance and salvation. I'm not sure if you saw the news last week. I'm sure you did. But last Sunday, there was another church shooting. A beloved brother was murdered in Southern Orange County and others injured. But also in what seemed to be a racially motivated shooting happened last Saturday in Buffalo, New York. It shocked the Maston Park neighborhood and the nation where 10 people were just out grocery shopping and were killed. These and threats in David's time can easily let fear come in. And like many other things that are in our world today, the pandemic and what seems to be a resurgence of COVID and the horrible economy, the government, things at school, things at work, things at home, relationally, things in our neighborhood, we can choose so easily to let fear take over. But we also can choose to step into to rely on God's deliverance and salvation. It, it comes down to what King David says in verse 5 of Psalm 108. It says, be exalted, O God. The word be exalted literally means to lift up. It's to lift up the, the, the great glory of all of who God is, his power, his might, his kindness, his love, his grace, his mercy. It, it's a setting of attention onto God and peace will follow. See, God is all-knowing and God understands. He understands betrayal and abandonment and struggle and physical pain and emotional pain and abuse, all parts of a sin-sick world. He gets our pain. And God is close to the brokenhearted. And when we lift up the truth of all of who God is, in our own heart and our mind, we exalt him. The fear, the anxiety, the tension, those overwhelming feelings are subdued and peace settles in. To lift up is to acknowledge and to place our trust in. It starts with embracing salvation. And many of you have come to that point in your life where you believe in Jesus, understanding that we all have a horrible disease, way worse than COVID, that we're born with. And it has blocked us from really knowing God personally. We can know about him, but not really in that heart connection. And it, it, it keeps us from fulfilling our, our God-given purpose. And it also is, keeps us out of heaven. So each of us need to come to that point where we understand that we can't make it on our own and that we need a savior. And that's why Jesus is there. And we, in faith, embrace that. We're sinful. We need a savior and it's Jesus. And, and, and like I said, many of you are there, but if you've not yet made that decision, I encourage you to investigate Jesus. We can help. Well, I'd love to even after the service, come down, let's ask, let's talk, let's chat. And you can step into that wonderful embrace of faith. But then to continue to exalt God in our lives, to continue to acknowledge how awesome and amazing and incredible he is and believe it. See, the steadfast heart is one that prays. You see the verse, very last uh, ver uh, section of verse six, it says, answer me, God. Last week, we talked about God crying out, 
crying out to God in our trouble. See, a steadfast heart happens when we trust in God's deliverance and salvation and cry out to him. And many of you do. Keep doing that. For the heart set on God thrives victoriously. Another choice to grow in our steadfast uh, heart towards God is to listen when God speaks. Look at verse 7 and 9 of Psalm 108, 7 through 9. God has promised his holiness without exaltation. I will divide up Shechem and portion the valley of Shekoth. Gilead is mine, Manasseh is mine. Ephraim is my helmet, Judah is my scepter, Moab is my wash basin, Edom I cast by my shoe, over Philistia I, sh- I shout in triumph. The phrase in verse 7 when it says God has promised his holiness can also be translated God has spoken from his sanctuary. Either way, when God speaks, we can count on his word like promises. And as we learned back, learned back when we started this whole psalm series, God speaks through his word. In that wonderful verse that we're memorizing in Psalm 119, 105, his word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. It illuminates who God is and the way he desires for us to go. To Israel, he made a promise of land. If you want to see more about that, there's a link in the study guide that kind of talks more about that, about land and promise and that. So Israel would be a blessing to the world. Shechem, Sakoth, Gilead, Manasheth, Ephraim, and Judah were all parts of the land that God had promised to Israel. And places like Moab, Edom, and Philistia are neighboring lands which God would belong to the Lord as well. In all this, there was a constant struggle, war, who would own and occupy the land. The psalm is a reminder of the promise of God of past conquests. And now to ask God again for help. For just because God rescues us from a struggle does not mean that there will be no more struggles and no more struggles in that area. We will continue to have struggles, be it in our struggle to be consistent with our time with God, being a struggle consistent with pornography, could be struggle with consistent, all those things. We struggle in the sins that we have, the addictions, the, the things that we will struggle again and the habits and the the things that we go through. We live in a world where we will battle again and again for God's reign in our own lives. And yes, there will be times of peace, but Jesus' words are helpful in John 16, 33. Jesus said, for I've said these things to you that in me, you may have peace in the world. You will have tribulation, but take heart. Jesus says, I've overcome the world. God has spoken. In Jesus, we find peace. That peace, the trouble that we go through is found in him. And all the promises of God help in that. And God is with us. God is speaking. He constantly speaks through his word if we're listening. He's even speaking to you today. The heart set on God thrives victoriously. One more choice to grow in our steadfast heart towards God. It is to hope in God's power and victory. Look at the last few verses of this psalm. Who will bring me to the fortified city? Who will lead me to Edom? Have you not rejected us, O God? Do you not go out, O God, to our enemies? O grant us help against the foe. For vain is the salvation of man. With God we shall do valiantly. For he, for it is he who will tread down our foes. 
It, it, this is a cut and paste from Psalm 60. Bring, and it brings with it the occurrence Israel had again and again to be under the threat of its Gentile neighbors. The very people God wanted Israel to bless as Genesis chapter 12 verses 1 and 2 and 3 talk about. But it comes at a cost. A constant battle. Our battle now is against the spiritual forces of evil. As, as, as uh, Ephesians 6.12 says, we battle not against flesh and blood, but against the powers and the principalities and the evil forces of darkness. So we, mean, we, so we may be able to move forward in this call of God in our lives to be loving to our neighbors and to share the truth of the gospel of Matthew 28. Go therefore and make disciples, says verses 18 to, to 20. It's a battle. And we need to set our hope on our powerful God to trust in him, exalting him, listening to him, holding him up there saying, God is who he says he is. Ephesians 6.10 says, finally, <clears throat> being, be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might, not in our own might, not in our own armor, but in God. To be strong in the Lord is to trust and rely on all of who God is. God is mighty. Deuteronomy 10.17 says, For the Lord your God is the God of gods, the Lord of lords, the great, the mighty, the awesome God, who is not partial or takes no bribe. God is huge. He's more powerful than any energy force out there. You look at the intensity of the sun and God is more powerful than that. You look at the crashing wave and how it just crushes and, and ebbs away the coast. God is more powerful than that. The rushing winds, the tornadoes that are ripping apart neighborhoods. God is more powerful than that. He is mighty. And as Luke 1:37 says, nothing will be impossible with God. Amen. God is powerful. Jeremiah 32, 17 says, ah, Lord God, it is you who have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and by your outstretched arm. Nothing is too difficult for you. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? Then your life will show it. Like when that struggle comes up or when that issue comes up or when that inner mind struggle, we need to trust in the powerful God. Yes, life is tough, but God is greater. There is no rival to him. The question comes, will we trust him? For the heart set on God thrives victoriously. The best health tip to thrive in life is a steadfast heart set on God, on who he is. And as we know him, he strengthens, he sustains, he saves. How we grow in a steadfast heart towards God is to trust in God's love and faithfulness, to step into God's deliverance and salvation, to lean on God's promises and to hope in God's power and victory. For the heart set on God thrives victoriously. It's that simple and it works. Will you pray with me? Father God, as we um, just reflect on your word and how great and awesome and amazing you are, Lord, we are reminded 
Uh, that we share in that when we trust in you, that we share in that as we uh, understand and exalt you and lift you up. Lord, help us to do that in our own life. Help us to be those who truly set our heart on you and experience the peace even in the midst of the storm. Thank you, God. We pray this in your son's name. Amen. In this next song, it's really a prayer. It's a prayer to set our heart on who Jesus is, his beautiful name. And in there, there is a phrase that he has no rival. There is no equal. If you are able, pray that as a prayer of dedication and say, there is no rival. There is no equal in my heart that you are almighty God. You are our savior, our Lord. Let's continue in our worship.